Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and Chavruta Yerdena Osband, our daf of the day, Masachat Sukkah, daf Yud Bet, page 12. So we begin to talk about what can be or what cannot be used for schach. Ki ata rav in Amar of Yochanan, Amar Kra, ba'aspucha migarncha umiyikvacha. There's a lot of shvaz here, so it's a little bit hard to pronounce. Babsulet gorin v'yekev hakatuv midaber. Starts out by saying that Ravin, this is one of Chazal, right? He came from Eretz Yisrael. He came to Bavel. He says to Rabbi Yochanan, you know, you have this pasuk. The pasuk is from Devarim. Right, that you will prepare, you'll do the gathering from your threshing floor and from your yekev, from your wine press. So then Chazal say, gorin from the solet, from the leftovers, I guess, of the threshing and also of the pressing of the wine. Right, that's what we're talking about. So we're talking about stalks from the grain and the vines, let's say, from. And now all of these things are going to be, you know, theoretically they're going to be the roofing for the for the sukkah. That's going to be the schach, and the because they they all grow from the ground, they're no longer attached to the ground, and they're not susceptible. They're not at risk of becoming tamer. The gemara comes and asks, "Ve'ema goranatzmo ve'yekevatzmo." So the 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 gemara says that the verse in the Torah says, really. Um, that when you use these items, right, that they were placed on the threshing floor there, right, the grain themselves, which, so what happens when you come to thresh? Now, I am not a farmer or a thresher, but, right, you, it's basically separating um, the part of that you want from the part that you don't want. Actually, I think it's the other way around, right? And so when you put, or when you put things in the wine press, right, so then you're still going, you put the grapes in to smoosh them, and then you end up with the liquid coming out, and then you have the leftover of the grapes. But what about the vines? And the question is, to what extent are they still attached? And if they are still attached, you know, then we're not talking about the we're not then we're talking about, first of all, we have a category here of food, right? The grain itself and the grapes themselves. And you have the plant as it's still connected to the ground. So this perhaps is not as obviously fine as it sounds at first blush. Food is susceptible to tuma, right? The, the the leavings of the food, the the skins, I guess, are not. But if it's edible, then you are then you are have potential trouble. Amir Rabbi Zera, Yekev Ketivkan, Shar So the Gemara Rabbi Zera answers the Gemara's question about you know what are you going to do about what's on the threshing floor or again in the wine press? And Rabbi Zera says the moment you start talking about a Yekev, where you're talking about the wine press, then then you're talking about the wine, right? And you cannot, and this is a you know a, a very subtle and important point. You cannot make us. You cannot use wine to be your schach, right? Meaning, he's not worried about the grapes. He's worried about the the focus there being on the yek of being on the wine itself that's going to be produced. So then you can take a step back and say, okay, then the verse is talking about the stalks and it's talking about the sheaves, right? But it's not talking about the goal. Which is the juice that you're going to ferment into wine, and that makes all the difference, right? Because you can use the leavings of, of these produce, meaning that's exactly what it is, as opposed to the part that really counts as food. And then Maski Flora of Yermia, and I truly love this. The Ama Yain Karush Haba Misnir. He says, "What well, you know? Why can't you put? Why can't you use wine for a schach?" He says, "For example, Ama 
Yayin karush. Karush means congealed, right? Uh, blood clot is talking, they call it kresha in modern Hebrew, right? It's the same thing. Ema yayin karush habat misnir. You can have congealed wine, which comes from a place called sneer. It's similar to a cake of figs. Now, I don't know how many people are remembering the cake of figs from Hilchot Shabbat in Masafat Shabbat, but I feel like, right, there we that cake of figs could be used for all kinds of things. So here we're talking about, Sneer is in the north of Israel, um, near the Hermon, near the Mount Hermon, Hermon, whatever. Um, and the idea is that once you have something thicker than an actual liquid, if the wine congeals into a liquid, then why can't you use it as your schach? Because, hello, it really did grow in the ground, and now it is no longer attached to the ground. I'm a Rebbe Zera. This is a great line. He says, Rabbi Zer says, we figured it out. The mat the matter, Milta, the thing was Hava Biadan. It was in our hands. Meaning we figured out what the source of the Torah is for exactly how Schach is supposed to work. And then came Rev Yermia, Usda Be Narga. He took an axe to it, meaning he he knocked down the proof that Rabbi Zera had said before because he raised the possibility of congealed wine. So Rabbi Zera isn't saying Rabbi is wrong. He's saying, shoot, that's really something we need to be concerned about. And then Rav Ashi comes and says, Amar Migarncha, from that, that term from the Pasuk, it's talking about the threshing floor. Migarncha, your threshing floor, velo goranatzmo. It doesn't mean the goranatzmo. It doesn't mean the actual items that are on the floor threshing floor, meaning the grain. And then it says also from your yekev, from your yekev, but not the yekev itself. So from the things that are put in the wine press, okay, but not the grapes themselves, not the produce of the grapes themselves. And here Rav Chista comes with another proof, and then I'm going to pass this on to you, Dana. Rav Chista Amar Mehacha Su'u Hahar V'yiviu Alei Zayit V'alei Eitz Shemen V'alei Hadas V'alei Tamarim V'alei Eitz Avot Rav Chista says We've got another verse that's going to help us. It's a verse from Nehemiah, which is very interesting because we know that the practice of, you know, dwelling in a sukkah was discuss- is discussed in Sefer Nehemiah. Go forth to the mountain and get from there, get olive branches and the branches of wild olives and myrtle branches and palm branches and the, the branches of a dense leaf tree, right? That's reading the English translation of the verse. Um, and then the idea is that then you'll be able to make Sukkot. And the fact that Nehemiah is talking about making Sukkot and talking about what specific items you could use to make that Sukkah, then we have our answer. This is how you use, this is what you should go use for Schach. And it's not talking about the actual olives and it's not talking about the actual fruits of these trees, but it is talking about the branches once they are de- detached from the ground. So I, I love here that they bring in Nehemiah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's very interesting to me because Nehemiah was, it's clear that some of the holidays were not done at all. And so if you go back to Nehemiah, and again, I know I talked about this on yesterday's podcast as well, you have to go back to the Prakim where they quote some of these things. So if you go to chapter eight, you're going to see this whole story that takes place about how they sort of start to do Sukkot for the first time, because clearly it had not been done for a while. So, you know, it's basically taking sort of a practical example, right, how Sukkot was really done and learning halacha from it. 
not just so it's a little different than the typical midrash halacha we've seen, right? Which we talked about that there isn't a lot of actual uh, directive in the Torah Shabbatav that's in the five books. But here we're taking a story from Ketuvim, right? From a different section of Tanakh, of you know, and from the canon, and 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 saying, um, you know, what can we learn from that, and what does this teach us about how a sukkah should actually be built? Yes, and I think it's a very like it's about as um, go out and see what people do of a, as of an instruction as we could have, right? Meaning the Gemara is saying go out and see what we're told that people really did in the time of Nehemiah, which is pretty concrete. You know, it assumes that they're doing the right thing, but it also means that they have a, something to learn from, a lesson to be learned from. So I'm going to move on here to the Mishnah. So here they're talking about more halachot of uh, that you're not allowed to use for the roof, bundles of straw, right? Again, you would think you could because it is something that's grown from the ground or bundles of wood or bundles of twigs. So there's something about the bundles that you're not allowed to use. We'll talk about that a little more. And with all bundles, if you untie them, then they're fit for roofing. So in other words, basically, there's something about the fact that they were prepared before and bundled before. That's why you're not allowed to use them. But the material itself, right, you are allowed to use, okay? And even if all the, you know, and, and the bundles themselves, you even could use as bundles, right, as tied for the walls of the sukkah itself. Now, the Gemara here is very interesting because it introduces some important halachic concepts. I'm a Rabbi Yaakov. So Rabbi Yaakov said, Shema'it mimenu de Rabbi Yochanan Tarte. So he said, I heard, you know, basically teachings about this from Rabbi Yochanan about two halachot about the sukkah. So one was the halacha in this Mishnah that you're not allowed to use bundles for schach. And the other one, right, which, which is going to be in a Mishnah later on, has to do with that, let's say you had a stack of grain and you hollowed out a space in the middle, right? By taking some of the uh, some of the sheaves, right? That that you know you that you can um, that that could make make a sukkah for yourself, right? But that you know, could you try to do that to make a sukkah? And the halacha is is that it's actually not a sukkah, so you can take sort of like basically a haystack, right? That's how I think of it, and try to carve out a sukkah within the haystack. That's not considered a sukkah, even though we just said that that type of material could be used for the walls of the sukkah. So what he's trying to figure out is what's the rationale for this? Why did he teach these things, Rabbi Yochanan? So he knows that the rationale is, one is because of this decree of Gezerat Otzer, right? The decree of the storehouse. In other words, yes, the sukkah would be fit, right? But the, but the, but the Chachamim didn't want somebody to use their storehouse as a sukkah because you sort of didn't really make your sukkah appropriately. And the rationale for the other one is going to be this principle of tasa, right? Which is essentially tasa below min ha'isui. So what is that? It's that prepare it and not from that which was already prepared. Now we saw this principle already uh, two or three dapimapo ago when we had that discussion about tzitzit, right? The idea that something needs to be prepared but we can't prepare it from something that was already prepared. In other words, we need to have some active type of preparation. 
But he's not sure which rationale, right? The Otsar, uh, the Gezerat Otsar, or the Tasa Velomin Hasui, which one comes from, which one applies basically to which to which halacha the Rabbi Yochanan taught, or which one applies to which uh, Mishnah. So then the Gemara is going to go on, and, and Rabbi Yirmiya is going to basically try to say, like, okay, can I try to actually figure out which one is which? And then there's a lot of discussion that goes around here. But I really just wanted to read this part of the Gemara because these are sort of two halachic principles, particularly the one of Tasa Belomin HaSui, that we will see over and over again in a variety of other places. And so again, it's a little bit of a what's what. The Tasa Belomin HaSui is, is that we need for many things, many mitzvot, or ritual objects that we prepare, we must have an active preparation. It's not allowed to be like, oh, you have this object lying around and it happens to be fit for this particular mitzvah and you can use it. There's a process that has to happen. There needs to be a tasa. There needs to be something active that actually happens. So again, in typical Gemara fashion, and this seems to so far be the theme of, of Masach and Sukkah, that principle was referred to implicitly a few dapim ago when we saw our first uh, encounter with a parallel with tzitzit. But this is the first time that we see the, this principle of tasa velomin ha'esui explicitly taught. And it's a very important halacha concept, one that I think we will see again in the Gemara itself. Okay. Um, I'm going to pick up where you've left off. I mean, not quite exactly. Moving on to the Amabet, really. We have another question here about what you can use for the schach. Amar Yehuda Amar Rav, Sikcha Bechitzin Zcharim Kshera Benekivot Ksula. Now this requires a little bit of back story, I think. It says if you put your schach, is going to be um, arrow shafts, right? The back part, not the arrowhead, but the rest of the stick. And the Gemara here says, so well, let me take another step back. The arrow shafts that they're talking about were made of wood, right? And then that the wood itself, you know, is is set up so that it will fit. The arrowhead will fit onto it and stay there, right? So if your shaft, if the arrow shaft is a flat wood, whatever, utensil, I guess we'll call it, but it's not going to be considered a concern of ritual impurity. It's not food. It's not any of the things that can get tummy. So it seems like, well, that's a reasonable thing. Like, if you just had a lot of arrows and you took off the arrowheads, for example, you're left with kind of like the way we have bamboo sometimes, right, for, for schach. So the, so the question is, you know, how does the wood, how does it line up with the arrowhead, right? Because you have a little, you have a, there's like a little bump th- sticking out from the arrowhead to put it, to put it together. And that's going to be the issue, right? Like, because once, because they're, wooden utensils, but they then have a little place to be to be macabre, to accept the metal that's going to attach to them. Now it's like a clee that could in fact get to be tummy. So then that's not going to be okay. So let me backtrack now to the text. If you have what they call male um, arrows, right? And they do this now. There's still this thing of like the what is the something with a protrusion and something that's concave, right? Concave and convex. So if you have convex um, arrow shaft, that you can use for your sukkah schach. But for what they're calling the female one, which is a concave 
arrow shaft that because it's got that socket that's going to accept the arrowhead the answer is you can't use that because it's it's a, a risk of something that could become the command then says kharim kshirapshita mahudatema nigzor zharim atunakevot kamashwan so the command i think it says well okay it's obvious that you could make a sukkah with the convex arrow shaft I find that statement already fascinating, right? Because it says, it's obvious that you could do this. I, don't know if I might say, well, it's, yes, it's made. Can you use just anything made? In any case, it's a separate issue, a separate question. But the Gemara says, okay, you're going to use it the same way you're going to use something that's, like I said, like the bamboo. Um, so, but the Gemara says, no, we have to say this. You can't assume that it's obvious enough that we wouldn't ever even need to say this why? Because maybe one would think that the same way that you can't have the nekeva arrow shaft to be kosher for your schach, perhaps we would make a gzera against everything and say, don't use arrow shafts, lest there be any confusion or something like that. Hamashmon, so therefore we learn, basically to the contrary, right? We learn that in fact the zcharim, the, the convex arrow shaft will work for schach, but the concave will not. Now, Amar Mar, so he says, but nekevot pshita. That the nekevot are going to be pasul. You don't have to say that. It's it's an unnecessary statement. The Gemara says, mahodetema beit. Oh, I'm sorry. Beit kibul hasui lemalot losh mekibul kamashulan. So the Gemara says, well, it's not exactly so obvious because you might say that for something to be a kli, right? That's going to be able to be a beit kibul. It's going to be able to accept something. You might say that it has to be always filled, you know, always connected to something else. And because and otherwise you might not really have a clee. And the answer is, therefore, we have to say it explicitly to understand that the concave arrowheads are really a problem, um, which is, again, like an interesting presumption, I think, to both the need, both the claim that you don't need to say it and then the conclusion that you do need to say it to, to make it explicit. And then the Gemara goes on to talk about, and I'm going to stop here, but the Gemara says, well, you could use, what if you, from flax, right? So that's a concern. The, the, the Gemara says, no, that's puzzle, because even though flax can grow from, is growing from the ground, we're not talking about, um, like, just recently harvested, fla harvested flax. If you're talking about something that is already combed, now you're, like, now you've got something that is, again, susceptible to getting tame. Right, because it's it's already been treated, as opposed to it just being raw. If it was just I don't know harvested right that day, then you presumably could use it. But it's a little bit more complicated. And then the Gemara, I'm jumping down a bit to the very end of the daf. The Gemara says, "Amar Yehuda, Hani Shushe Veshvatre Masachin Bahu, with wide licorice and with wormwood leaves. You could use the you could make your schach out of that." Because people don't eat these things, according to Rav Yehuda. And since they are not eaten, then they're not, you're not worried about them getting tummy because they're not treated as food. Abai says, Abai Amar, Bushushe Mesakchin, Beshvatre Lo Mesakchin, Maitaima, Kevan Desari Rechayu Shavik Lohuvanafik. It says it's one thing to say licorice leaves, fine. Um, you, can, you can use licorice leaves, apparently, to, to Eschach. But the wormwood leaves, the concern is that the, the smell of the wormwood is, becomes icky. And this is a completely different reason. 
than anything we've seen so far as a reason to not use it as schach. It's not because it's going to become tamay. It's not because it's attached to the ground. It's not because it's not kedulei karka. It's because it's going to be in an icky kind of way. And then people are going to say, oh, I don't want to be in this sukkah. It smells. And they'll leave. And then they won't want to stay in the sukkah, which is kind of, you know, counterproductive for the need of a mitzvah of yeshivat sukkah. So all in all, I think this discussion of, you know, really the staff has in addition to everything else, there are these multiple explorations of what can work for schach and also multiple reasons of what's okay and what's not okay. So I, I think we're just seeing lots of different cases here, but it's interesting that the case they have here is about arrows. Like if I were going to try to pick something out, like how many people had arrows lying around? So to me, this is a boundary pushing case. I don't know how practical this case was. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was. I mean, you think about David HaMelech as a as a fighter. They're out Basheta, right? And now they need to build a sukkah because the army is like out so there. But like now that, it's like, Do you think the average person had like thousands of arrows lying around? I don't know. I hear what no, you're No, but about. if you have an army of, of hundreds of people and you're making a sukkah because you're out and having a battle and it happens to be Sukkot, what are you going to do, right? You can't just like say, excuse me, excuse me, please, Tim, we're going to go home now, right? Right. So then so then they they were like, well, we don't have any schach from our garage now or our attic or wherever you keep your schach, right? Let's make do, right? And so lo and behold, maybe they in fact did I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that Chazal are saying that David Melch did this. I'm making up a scenario, but I'm I'm hypothesizing that I could imagine people on the go who need a sukkah will use whatever they have at hand. And then the question is, but can you use whatever it's a, at hand? And that's where the you know you could you could use the scharim, but not the nikivo. It, it seems to have a practical application, which is not at all practical for me at all, right? But I can imagine a. a of putting together a sukkah out in the field of an army's needs, you know, today's armies aren't using arrows either. But I can imagine it once upon a time being a relevant discussion. So I think also, um, I just want to point out and then we'll wrap up. I love the I, the thing also that like, an arrow is not just an arrow. I didn't even know there were two different types of arrows. I right? I didn't either. There. But also just pay attention to the language. Like the language of Nikkei and Skarim, right? In English, if you're using a translation, they're going to use concave and convex. Um, but the language that's used here is also interesting. I mean, I don't need to get into detail why concave is, you know, what is Nikkei and convex is Kharim. But it's it's just interesting to see, you know, it's a framing of how Chazal viewed the world. And and, and it's an important- But, but I'm telling you, I'm, you're, but I've, I've had plumbers who are not at all talking about anything um, role-oriented, right? It's not like an anti- women nothing right they they talk about you know which pipe goes which place they need oh i need a zahar oh i need a nikiva and apparently it's the same in english although i've only ever dealt with plumbers in israel so i can't be sure oh that's true well that's our daft discussion for the day <laughs> rank us review us on all major podcasts thank you to our michelle farber for hosting us on the hydrogen website let us know what you thought about this app on our talking talmud facebook page and until tomorrow go and learn Thank you.